Welcome back to the Birth Nurses Podcast. We have a guest with us today that we've had on our podcast before. It's Sunny Barish. Hey, Sunny. Hi. We had her do an episode with us about um, preparing for parenthood, and then we talked about postpartum. And now she is on the other side of having her fourth baby two months ago, almost two months ago. And we want to talk to her about her birth experience with this fourth baby. So we are so glad that you're here with us today, Sunny. Uh, Welcome. Thanks for having me. Welcome to the Birth Nurses Podcast. I'm Shana Brickner from Preparented, and I'm joined by my co-host Liz Baker-Wade from Birth and Beyond in Santa Monica. We are the Birth Nurses. In this podcast, we talk about birth and nursing practice and labor and delivery, and in a broader sense, the whole world of nursing too. From two women who have been on both sides of the birthing bed, we've got some things to talk about that will enhance your understanding of birth. Whether you're a first-time pregnant parent, a parent to one or more babies, or a professional in the birth world, this podcast is for you. Join me and Liz and special guests as we share and learn from each other here on the Birth Nurses Podcast. Sunny, I'm so excited to talk to you. We have had quite the road together over nine years, haven't we? Oh, yes. (laughs) so sunny decided to have a home birth fairly late in her pregnancy um thankfully her obstetrician uh, maria otavi was supportive of doing concurrent care and i found um a lovely wonderful very well-known home birth midwife here in los angeles uh davy calsa who agreed to see Sunny late in her pregnancy and the rest is history. So we're going to talk a little bit about Sunny's decision, when she decided, why she decided, um, her relationship with her new midwife, uh, with me, her doula. And I'm happy to say I've been able to doula Sunny's whole family mm-hmm. <laughs> or babies. So this is really quite special to me, especially wrapping it all up uh, at home for a lovely home birth a couple of months ago. So Sunny, that baby's gorgeous. So excited for you. Tell me, what made you decide? When did you decide? When did you start thinking about that a home birth might be something that you're interested in? I actually don't remember what came across my mind. I think a, a lot of it is COVID. You know, mm-hmm. I, I really, all three of my other births were at UCLA Santa Monica. And mm-hmm. I, you know, I didn't have negative feelings towards having, you know, my experiences in the hospital. So I mm-hmm. guess I should start with that. It wasn't absolutely, it wasn't because my experiences at the hospital were terrible or, you know, anything that happened. Um, they were all pretty easy and, you know, I thought the nurses and the staff were wonderful. So it wasn't because of that. Um, I mean, I'd say it was mostly because of COVID and Mm -hmm. I didn't know what the protocols were going to be. And Mm -hmm. um, as Liz said, I have three other kids. And so I wasn't sure what, you know, the visitor policy 
getting home to them, John being able to go in and out or not, you know, right. and this sounds right. really silly, but also just like I haven't had my other three were delivered without an epidural. And during that last section of labor, it's like, I can't stand glasses on my face. I can't like, mm-hmm. like, I think one, of, I, I have a very high like eyeglass prescription. So I feel like with one of my kids, I think it was Max, I had to take my glasses off and I literally couldn't see, but I couldn't stand them on my face. So I'm right, like, so I can stand a mask if I need to, like just all the unknowns yeah. of the hospital um, during COVID. And then yeah. also I was due roughly two weeks after Halloween. And at that time, everyone was like, it's our first real Halloween again. And everything was going gangbusters. Like everyone was making these like plans. And I I don't know, it just freaked me out. Like what was going to happen two weeks after Halloween possibly. Right. Um, So I just wanted another option. And um, as Liz said, I got pretty lucky. I didn't really know a lot of it. I hadn't really researched. Um, Davey happened to have one spot open up because um, a woman went into labor early that was supposed right. to have a baby in November. And, uh, you know, John was pretty unsure, you know, was speaking with Davy, And then also the fact that uh, Dr. Otavi was open to doing concurrent care, which was mm-hmm. important to him and sort of just nice to know that like you had your bases covered in a way. I'm not right. saying that that's the right choice for everyone, but just you're already unsure when you're going to go into labor and all the other unknowns that like having a new unknown was sort of hard to get your mind around. And obviously if I had any complications or if Dr. Otavi had said like, I really don't suggest you doing this, then, you know, we would have probably reconsidered, but we had a very by the book pregnancy, I guess, like there were no red flags, no additional tests, any of that. So we just went with it. And, um, Davies, you know, I spoke to her about the concerns when we heard them and Mm -hmm. she was very, she went through all the scenarios and she was very like, I'm, I don't push to have home births just for the sake of it, you know? Right. So we went through every sort of scenario and when, when you would transfer to a hospital and how she avoids any emergencies and that kind of thing. And it was very reassuring. So in my world as a labor and delivery nurse, Sunny was the perfect person um, to have a successful home birth. And I was very supportive. Uh, Sunny's also very close to a hospital, two of them within two, three minutes. And we were very, very happy and comfortable with our midwife choice a very experienced midwife uh, with years and years, decades, in fact, of home birth experience. I, I also remember in our last podcast talking about your birth experiences mm-hmm. uh, and hearing how smooth they all went and fast, too, mm-hmm. that I asked you the question, have you considered a home birth? And you said, well, I just I want to go somewhere where I feel safe. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was the hospital for you, but mm-hmm. I, but you determined that your home 
felt safe or more yeah. safe than a hospital for this I baby. Know. Isn't that wild? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's wild. <laughs> hey, Liz. Did you know that my business is called Preparented? I do. Because I want you to be 100% prepared for parenthood. How do I do that? I teach you classes about birth, breastfeeding, and newborn care. My specialty is helping you have an unmedicated natural birth in the hospital setting. Aren't you a lactation educator? Yeah, I'm a lactation consultant, an IBCLC. So I can go to your home if you're in Los Angeles to help you breastfeed your baby. For those of you not in Los Angeles, I also do virtual consults. We can get so much accomplished during a virtual consult. And then I have some a la carte items like a personalized pumping plan where if you're going back to work and you just need help figuring out how to pump and get a stash so that you can have enough milk to feed your baby when you're at work, I can help you navigate that whole process. I also have a text me anything membership. For a month, you can text me anything, any questions you have while you're postpartum and you're figuring out that newborn life and you're exhausted and you just need a little extra mama support. You can go to my website, www.preparented.com, or my Instagram, at preparented, for funny videos featuring my family and also my silly face. You do have the best videos. (laughs) It's so nice just to see normal labor on set with a person allowed to go into normal labor because they they didn't... uh, hit their exact due date and now they have to be induced and just to be allowed to do that was so refreshing and it's always so refreshing. So Sunny, when you decided and um, how did you prepare your house and your kids and John? I didn't really prepare the kids. Mm -hmm. I, they knew I was, I mean, they knew the baby was coming and Mm -hmm. um, my parents were here. I didn't want to, tell the kids too much because things can change. Um, right. And so I sort of said, I might have her at home. I might go to the hospital. We'll see. They actually didn't know that I went into labor because they were already asleep. So they woke up. Baby. <laughs> wow. That's amazing. And, and you have a family that runs very um, cooperatively. John was going to be able to do kids stuff and you were really okay if they were awake. Um, I was going to be there and your midwife was going to be there and the midwife assistant, Glyol, very well-known doula in our community. She mm-hmm. was going to be there. There was a lot of people taking care of Sunny. So if need be... John could help take care of the kids. And that is such uh, an important thing to have everybody on board. Um, The way Sunny labors is very uh, oriented around movement and motion and changing position and pacing around and walking. And I, this time, felt much more like an observer and doing some counter pressure and doing some massage, but really basically um, Sunny got into her zone very quickly. So I just want to touch on that night, if that's okay, Sunny. So I'm sitting at dinner in Santa Monica with a friend of mine. There's a full moon 
And I was looking up that and thinking, yes, like it's been really busy in labor and delivery. And I would just love if Sunny could just have a baby tonight because I have to work on the weekend and it's getting close. And it's always, you're my last doula client. And how many weeks, how many weeks are you at this point, Sunny? She was due the next day. Her next day, the next day was her due date. Yeah, I was like, this is this is go, you know, yeah. like I need this to happen and I'm laughing and I'm thinking of, I'm at, I'm at a sushi bar in, in uh, Santa Monica and I'm thinking, uh, my friend Deborah said, you have sake and I'm like, nah, I just have this feeling. I'm looking up at this big moon and I'm just thinking, uh-huh. I think I won't, you know, I think I won't. I'm just going to see. And then literally I came home, took a shower, got in bed. My phone rings at around 1030. Hi, it's me. She said, I had three contractions 10 minutes apart that were a little uncomfortable. Now, I've done this with Sunny before, and I know what that means. Right. (laughs) And I just said, call me back in 20 minutes. And uh, Sunny called me back and said, okay, now they hurt. And I had already put my bag all together. I just know her and just thought, we're Mm -hmm. just going to go. And I got in my car and I drove the six minutes to Sunny's house and came upstairs. And what were you thinking at that point? Any trepidation, regret, fear, anxiety? You seemed calm. You had already called Davy. She was on her way. So up until like the very end, I was like, okay, are we really doing this at home? Are we doing this at the hospital? And I'm like, okay, even if I go to the hospital now, am I going to even get a bed? It's a full moon. Like, who knows? The mm-hmm. contraction started happening. I didn't even think about it. I was like, okay, of course we're having the baby at home. Like, oh, it was, I just felt like it was like all the signs were pointing towards like, just for me personally, they were all pointing towards like stay at home. So um, it was just less anxiety for me, honestly. Um you seemed so calm. You seemed completely in control. And I do want to tell our audience that Sunny was also very well prepared. She had been given, mm-hmm. uh, she had visits with her midwife and Sunny had uh, supplies and things that she oh, yeah. was to bring. And when Davy showed up, the the way that they unfolded all of oh, their gosh, supplies and the monitoring started immediately and the fetal heart tones started immediately and the vital signs started immediately. It was very professional. Um, the record keeping that the midwife, um, it was just, it was um, fantastic. Mm-hmm. Nothing, no stone was left unturned. So when I got there, the room was very calm. Um, Sunny was calm. Davy was completely uh organizing her room the way she wanted things and her supplies and everything that she needed. Davy came at week 36 and she does a home visit and she checks all, she gives you a list of things you need to get. She also has like a pre-packaged box that you buy of everything and it makes it very easy. And, um, she came and she checked everything and she trained my husband. She was like, this is what you do, like to get the room ready. Like she basically told him how to remake the bed so that there's no mess. I mean, this sounds insane, but one of the wow. things that I was worried about was like, like, 
okay, birth is messy. Like, how is this going to happen? And we just moved into our house like a year ago after building it for three years. So I was like, how am I going to do this in here? But um, it literally, probably an hour after she was born, it looked like nothing happened. Like in my- It's the craziest thing. Yeah. Crazy. Well, let's also let our audience know that you birthed in your bathtub. Literally in the nick, nick of yeah. time, two contractions later after you got in the bathtub, she came. Uh, out. <laughs> so we only we actually only delivered the placenta in your bed after you laid there for a while, yeah. got out, we toweled you off. But still, <laughs> but let's still, go back. So still. you felt that your room was organized, yeah. and you felt that everything was. And I knew what kind of more what to expect because she came, and um, mm-hmm. and I will say that having both doctors like really made it feel very comfortable because I felt like I was getting the traditional like OB visits that I was used to. But, um, you know, I, I felt like I'd never, you know, I've never experienced having been in the care of a midwife. And there were so many things that she said that I was like, I I wish that I would have known this with my other kids. Like just, She's very, I guess I would say more holistic in a way. Like, I feel like if I had to put it in an analogy, like OBs tell you, you can't eat these things because there are potential risks, right? Of like having deli meat, for example. Like, you get the list of things that you shouldn't have because there's risks involved. And versus the midwife, like, she made me do a, a food journal. Because she's like, your birth is a largely dependent on your diet and how, how well your tissues react to everything. And so it wasn't so much what you can't have, but like what you should be having and how much protein and how you and sugar and how like a balanced diet and all of those things. And, you know, it's, they're both sort of related, but so contrasting in a way. Or like, you know, I just, she had me do a a hot water sits bath starting, I don't remember what week, maybe 32. She's like, hot Mm -hmm. water for 10 minutes has shown, been shown to prevent tearing. And I'm like, how do, how do people not know this? It's, it's free. It's like, it's (laughs) easy, right? But like, and, uh, and listen, as a as a labor nurse, we do warm compresses, but we never we I never would bring a patient into labor and delivery and say we're going to do sits baths on right. the toilet as while you're up doing that. And that's something well, by that's then very it's very too interesting late, to me, you know, because right, they right. can start at home right. at thirty two weeks doing. And this. I just yeah. I, I thought right. amazing that little fact was so like remarkable that I'm like there's actual research that shows this and it prevents like an additional procedure that you have to have at the hospital but like I've had this is my fourth kid how did I not know about this you know what I mean like Mm -hmm. unless you're just doing an an absorbent amount of research and reading with each pregnancy which you know when I had my first it was got time for that yeah (laughs) and when I had my first I was reading the books and it wasn't like I feel like there's so much more like podcasts and there so is more information now, yeah. but like, it's also just the volume of information that you have to go through. And 
anyway, so I, I just thought little, you know, care in a different way from the midwives was very interesting and refreshing and um, welcomed. So I was GBS positive. I wasn't with all of my pregnancies. Actually, oddly, I was GBS negative with my first and my third, and I was positive with my second and my fourth. And so, Hmm. you know, I talked about it with Dr. Otavi. I feel like there is a polarization and stereotype of like, if you have the baby at home, you're not doing, and you're completely granola. There's nothing, you know, and and no, no modern medicine, which is not true, which was not true. Right. But it, you know, it's like I told a few people, um, that I was going to have the baby at home. And they were like, are you also going to eat your placenta right after? And I'm like, no, like I'm not, not." but you know, so I think there's like a connotation that like, okay, if you're going to have it at home, you're not going to have antibiotics. You're not going to do the, this, you're not going to do that. And that was completely not the case. Like she brought ever, like, you know, I think Liz and I talked about um, excessive bleeding with the older, I'm older and Mm -hmm. it's, you know, my fourth kid. And she brought, she told me, I bring everything that you could get at a hospital to stop bleeding. I have in my bag. Like, and, you know, I, I will say I had to get a shot of Pitocin, another shot of Pitocin, and then, I don't know, some other thing that helped the middle of my uterus um, contract and stop bleeding more. So, I mean, I did end up getting you know, all those three things just at home instead of a hospital and in a shot instead of an IV. Um, and same for the antibiotics. So she came, she gave me a uh, IV bag and then she took it out after it was done, which I appreciated because that actually is one thing that I don't love about um, hospital birth. It's not, you know, but it, it is annoying to have something in your arm the whole time. I'm Elizabeth Baker Wade. I am a labor and delivery nurse, registered nurse, birth educator, and podcaster. My birth education classes are concentrated on how to have a better hospital birth and high-risk pregnancy. What's high risk? What does that mean? High risk are moms who are experiencing histories of chronic hypertension, pregnancy-induced hypertension, we call that preeclampsia, insulin-dependent diabetes, infertility, and other comorbidities in their pregnancy, which bump them into a higher risk category. Mm. Why do you like to teach about high-risk pregnancies? Because there's going to be more interventions often in the high-risk mom. And getting familiar with the vernacular and understanding the risk-benefit of these interventions and why your obstetrician is going to bring them up and getting prepared for what's going to happen in the hospital, I think can really greatly reduce fear and anxiety. And a lot of moms out there have comorbidities these days. It's true. We need to help them out on their way. Making peace with intervention when necessary helps for a better smoother labor and delivery, I think. How can someone sign up for your class? They can go to birthandbeyond.net. You can email me at liz at birthandbeyond.net. I will respond within 24 hours. All my schedules, fees, and times are on my website. 
I also have a consultation membership and a text me anything membership for a month at a time where I will answer as many texts as you need for questions that come up out of the blue. Lots of texts come after the appointment, right? <laughs> yep. <laughs> I just had an appointment with my OB and I what don't does understand. This mean? Yeah. <laughs> right. I'm at birthandbeyond.net. I do want to say that um, you had a butterfly needle and one dose of antibiotics. She never actually started an okay. IV, so it was a tiny little butterfly needle, and then we took it out. And um, I don't think you made it to your second, no. <laughs> your second dose. I think you were like moving around and just like any birth. I mean, I wouldn't have been able to put antibiotics up because you were transitioning quite quickly. So let's talk a little bit about how you felt in your room and let's get right into that feeling of transition of what you were feeling like when you, you get that look on your face and you know it's going to be soon. Well, ironically, I think this one was my longest. <laughs> I think because I was so comfortable or, you know, you're not counting Counting the time to get ready to go to the hospital, I guess that's also time, you know, but I, there's, there's none of that time. So I remember 12, around 12 o'clock was when I was like, okay, these are really happening, like, you know, close, closest together. And then since you guys were just hanging out, we were just like chatting. I had no idea what time it was. Uh-huh. And then at three, I'm right. like, oh, she's not out yet. <laughs> <laughs> and this is sunny by the way sunny was like giggling and laughing and chatting and then okay i'm having another one and you there's a very subtle posture expression change and when i say subtle barely perceptible somewhere around 4 15 4 30 in the morning that i'm like okay yeah when you actually went quiet oh. during a contraction well the funny thing is my husband was a this whole time I had him go to the um the baby's room which has a bed and sleep in there because I was like somebody will come get you and then at 4 30 he magically stumbles in our room like oh hello like hi everyone talk about a sense of it I mean literally you were quiet like a mouse it's not like you were making a racket and he just woke up and walked in and And then she was born this is gonna happen Wow. You had the dad intuition. Oh, yeah. Sunny's so like, okay, um, there's something. Okay. And I checked her. Baby was right down in there. I said, okay, the tub is filling. Let's just get. Because I know from experience with you that from something feels like it's to baby is it's, it's seconds. So I'm like, if you want to do this in the tub, it's time to go. When I first hit the water, I was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. And then I started having to push and I was like, it doesn't matter where I am. This, this is oh, yeah. literally. Like, oh. <laughs> it's so true. It was not like I'm soaking in the tub and I'm having contractions. Like right. she hit the water. We turned her on her side. She grabbed one. She had another contraction and baby came out. I mean, really the amount of time we were in the water. What oh, was it? Amazing. A minute and a half? Yeah. Maybe yeah. two minutes. Amazing. Sunny said she was glad to give birth in the tub because it was less mess and she didn't have any tears. She had an intact perineum, which she attributes to the water birth as well as having the sits baths. 
uh, starting when she was about 36 weeks pregnant. So you had the baby in the tub, baby came out up to skin, gave us a nice, big, beautiful oh, cry, yeah. pink, good heart rate, good tone, good reflex. Davy was right there with her beautiful hands, guiding that baby out and letting her take a little bit of time in the water. She didn't pull on the baby. She didn't rush the baby to the skin. She brought the baby up to the top of the water and onto sunny skin. It was truly, um, I mean, so like I said, I, I've been with Sunny for, this was the fourth birth and I got really teary. You did? Just the whole, it was so, it was just so everyone around the tub, John was right there with her and Davy and Glyola and myself. And it was just in this, in this lovely little environment. And I, I was just overcome. It was crazy. Wow. And um, it was so sweet. And the baby cried and turned pink and her first set of vital signs were done. And we, uh, we spent a, a while waiting for the cord to give some of that beautiful blood back to the baby. There was no, nothing quick, nothing loud, nothing dramatic. Do you know what I mean by not dramatic? Just really, it was sublime. I, I really enjoyed it. It was very... I know people ask me like, what was it like? And I'm like, I don't know what the right adjective is because I don't, it wasn't relaxing, but it was maybe peaceful. I, I still don't know what the word, it's like, well, it's like, you know, there's all these little things that you do when you go to the hospital because that's what is needed to be done. And you go to the hospital, you change out of your clothes, you're in this gown thing that you're not, I don't know, I'm not like an easily embarrassed person, but it's like, okay, your butt's hanging out. Like, you know, the whole thing. Oh yeah. When you're at home, I, I had on my clothes. I just had on my clothes until I had to yeah. not have on my clothes. Yeah. I think you were wearing a pair of t-shirt and a box, pair yeah, of boxers. I had on something. like these yoga pants or uh, yoga shorts. And Liz was like, mm -hmm. put, a, put a pad on in case your water breaks. Like just uh, wasn't, it didn't mm -hmm. feel so like of a thing, I guess. Yeah. And then you're like, and your rupture of membranes was not dramatic. You said, Oh, my water just broke. And it's like, yeah, there's some fluid down there. And that was it. It was a lot of much ado. I know, about but nothing. it was so crazy because she happened to be listening. She was listening on the Doppler when my water broke. And I thought the baby kicked the Doppler, but it was, and oh. we heard it pop and I felt it pop. Wow. And then I was like, <gasps> and then I knew it was my water because it started hurting real bad. But, um, yep. Yeah, it. Yeah. I don't know. It's just like the comforts of just being in your own, yeah. like using your own bathroom to go pee. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. like just little. I guess like I wouldn't say relaxing, but it just is more comfortable, and you're in your own environment and space, mm -hmm. and you know, not having to transfer to the other to what's it postpartum. I just like. She was just in bed. Right. That's it. You know? So great. My kids yeah. started. And take also, you didn't have you didn't have the stress of like, is someone here to take care of my kids while I go to yeah. the hospital to have my fourth yeah. baby? Like you were at yeah. home. Your husband was at home. Your in-laws or your parents. Yeah, my parents. Her were, parents were there. They were downstairs. The they household. had no idea. They were sleeping in my guest room. They had oh, no idea oh that gosh. anything was happening upstairs. <laughs> 
Amazing. So we got on your bed after we uh, cut and clamped, clamped and cut the cord. Mm-hmm. And you got on your bed and waited probably about 15, 15 minutes. And uh, out comes the placenta. And I really enjoyed watching Davy take that placenta and really examine it so closely. She opened the placenta up and looked at every aspect of the placenta. So thorough and so calm and baby was on mom. And um, just like that, the two of them put their, what was a fair amount of equipment and all the just in case stuff back together and Davy was just very present and documenting and writing down her, you know, what she needed to write down for her records. And it was just as though somebody came into the room and rearranged the furniture oh, and just quietly left. I mean, it was just so quiet and relaxed she's, and nice. She's really amazing. Um, yeah. You were pretty amazing yourself, I have to say, Missy. Oh, thanks. <laughs> yeah, she it was great. She was great, and I and I was saying to, you know, John later, because he was really on it this time. Like, yeah. Do you have enough water? Do you need a Like she said, you're not uh-huh. doing this, and I feel like it maybe because she, she like specifically told him like. You, you need to make sure she always has water. You need to make sure she's eating something because if she's not the baby, you know, like this whole mm-hmm. list of things that I feel like if my OB would have said to him, he would have been like, yes, okay, I'm on it. But like, I don't think that's the traditional like route of like mm. care. Like, yes, they give you a handout because she came back multiple days and was like keeping him accountable. When she packed up and left later mm-hmm. on, late mm-hmm. morning when did you expect to see um her again she came back that afternoon and it was like it's all a blur now but it was like then she came back the next day then she came back maybe three days late I think I saw Multiple three or times. four times within the first week mm-hmm. and then it was like, incredible um, and you know in tra- traditional obstetrics um the is I'll see you while you're in the hospital and then I'll see you yeah. in six weeks, six weeks. So she saw, I yeah. saw her a lot of times be- before. Yeah. I, I think I, the la- I think I saw her the last time was around one month because I was completely healed. So she didn't need to come back. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And she checks both me and the baby and I don't have to drive anywhere. Oh, and when were you expected to see your pediatrician? Um, the first time. The, I saw the, pe- well, okay. So you have to see your pediatrician within, uh, I can't remember, one week in order to get a birth certificate mm-hmm. because that is one thing that's different. You can't do it. The hospital doesn't do it for you. You have to do the paperwork yourself. But one of the pieces of like documentation that the state needs is that the baby was seen mm-hmm. by a pediatrician to verify identity and other things, I guess. But Davy was checking her also at the same time. So right, a lot of visits, a lot of care, a lot of yeah. attention paid to the family, and and I want to mention to the family dynamic, not just to you and the newborn. Yeah, 
Next, Sunny shared with us the role that her husband played during the delivery. She actually wanted him to sleep during the time that she was in labor so that the next day when he needed to take care of the older kids, she would have time to rest and he would be well rested and able to do that. But he did wake up just in time to be able to do all the dad things at delivery and to see his baby be born. But he did he cut the cord, which he he had done before, so you know, that wasn't so scary. Yes, he um, did. And then you know the placenta was a bit different, I will say. So I don't. I, he was mm-hmm. holding the baby when I was doing that because the hospital right. they sort of like they don't wait as long. So I think. I've traditionally been sort of like had my stomach massaged more to try to like have it have it come out easier. Um, so she waited a good amount. We try we tried to do it right after standing up inside my shower, and that didn't work. It didn't budge. Um, and you know we tried a few times, but she was you know there was no time pressure on it, so she kind of was just like yeah, just yeah. wait. I'm like oh okay. One of the things would be really nice in the hospital setting if we could get back to waiting that full 30, 40 minutes and not yanking on the placenta, which is something that is always, is always uh, difficult for the nurses to watch. And uh, it was nice that Davey uh, was giving that placenta time to separate. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I actually hadn't seen any of my other ones. Everybody else was crazy because it was like attached to the bag still. It was like. There was like, a, I was not allowed to go downstairs. So she was sort of getting things for me. Yeah. And she opened it all up. Yeah. Yeah. It was neat. She had it all opened up on a, on well, any, if uh, I were going to have another baby, you already convinced me that I would have a home birth. So, <laughs> well, you know, I think, <laughs> I wonder if you did that, if you persuaded our other listeners. And, and I have like a, a few friends that were like, weren't you scared to have it without an epidural? And I think one of the biggest differences for me and maybe other people is that they can't, you know, if they've traditionally had epidurals, then the unknown of not being able to have one at home may be a, fa- a factor. But I think because the other ones I hadn't, so I wasn't scared of the pain part, right? You know, like I knew that I knew what that was. Yeah. Um, and, right. you know, the midwives do transfer occasionally. Yes patients in and say we've gone as far as we can she needs an epidural and they come in we admit them they had an epidural they have a delivery so it doesn't mean when you decide to have a home birth that you can't change your mind sometimes the midwife says there's meconium or i'm hearing some decelerations in the heart rate or my patient's temperature is going up a little bit or she's not really urinating enough or drinking enough i think it's time to transfer one of the things that's very clear is that the midwives um, have a very specific uh, standard mm-hmm. of care. And when that standard of care it needs to be, you know, breached in any way or, you know, they're not comfortable, they transfer their patients. So it doesn't mean that you can't go to the hospital, right? Nothing's I think that's granted. how I looked at it. It was like, I have an option only yeah. one way. If I, yep. if. I can exactly. always go to the hospital, but if I choose to only go to the hospital, then I'm only, you know, I can't all of a sudden choose to have yeah. her at can't home go home and right. have the appropriate right. care. Yeah. So. Right. Exactly. Yeah. It's such a well planned out. I mean, this really was fantastic. I thank you so 
much for talking about your experience yet again. <laughs> well, again, we thank you. We have yeah, our time. It's so good so to talk to, talk to you, Sunny. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Birth Nurses Podcast. If you enjoyed this, there are a few ways you can support us. First, you can share this podcast with your pregnant friends or new moms. Secondly, you can write a review and rate us on iTunes. And thirdly, we would love if you would check out our Instagram accounts and websites. I'm on Instagram as Preparented and online www.preparented.com. And Liz is on Instagram as Birth Nurse Liz, and her website is birthandbeyond.net. Thanks for listening.